Welcome to the Capitalize podcast. I'm your host, Craig West, the founder of Capitalize, and I'm going to take you through our digital platform to help you work with business owners to maximize the value of their business and successfully exit. On today's episode of Capitalize Insights, we're joined by Mark Dorman. Mark's joining us from just outside, 35 miles south, apparently, of Cleveland, Ohio. And Mark runs a firm called Legacy Business Advisors. And today, we're going to find out a little bit about Mark some of his professional background, and more importantly, what he's doing with advisory work with business owners. So firstly, Mark, hi, and thanks for joining us. Greg, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Huge fan of yours, and uh, hopefully it is beautiful weather down in Australia. I hope to get there one day. It is lovely weather at the moment. It's in the middle of summer, bright sunny day, about 25 Ah. degrees Celsius, not Fahrenheit. So it's pretty good. Good for you. We might start with just a bit of a background, personal and professional background, a bit of history. Where did you come from? What sort of education? What's your background professionally? Yeah, sure. So not to go all the way back, but uh, my parents are immigrants from uh, Glasgow, Scotland. Mm -hmm. And uh, I only bring that up is because when they came over here in the uh, early to mid 60s, they settled in Cleveland. My wife had a cousin, but long story short, we moved next to a municipal golf course and I started playing golf at a pretty young age, got pretty good with a bunch of other kids. And most of us ended up playing golf in college. But the reason I bring that up is it's pertinent to how did I get into this industry, which is basically what I define it as kind of financial planning uh, earlier in my career for business owners is that I was on the college golf team and there was always this young uh, guy in his mid forties that would play with us. And uh, I said, what do you do for a living? He said, I'm a financial services advisor. And I'm like, that sounds interesting. How are you able to play golf at two o'clock in the afternoon? So at that time, it just kind of piqued my interest. And I I served an internship uh, with New England Financial, which is based out of Boston. And that really was kind of uh, not only an aha moment to a great industry, which is financial services and advisory services, but specifically that this uh, organization that I was affiliated with was 95% catering to the needs of business owners. And this was back in the mid 80s. So, you know, obviously much has changed since then. But one thing that hasn't changed is that most financial advisors, particularly here in the States, are going after assets under management and doing individual planning. And I've always been a bit of a um, a contrarian. I'm like, well, I'm going to go where everyone's not. And no one was in the business market space. And uh, I've just developed a very large stable of business owner clients, corporate clients. And there's very few, as you know, Craig, that financial advisors or advisors that have developed uh, the skill set necessary to talk to business owners and their advisors. So that's uh, that's kind of a bit of my background. Uh, Designation-wise, uh, you know, I'm a certified exit planning advisor, investment fiduciary, chartered financial consultant, et cetera. Been married 34 years, four kids, all adults. So the youngest is 19, oldest is 30. So I'm 58. And now really what I want to do is spend the balance of my career working for what I define as the heroes of the American economy or really the global economy, which would be the the private small business owner. Yeah, fantastic. And obviously, as a financial advisor, as you mentioned, most people are specializing in assets under management, mum and dad, wealth planning, investment, and so on. Business owners are much more complicated. They need much more detailed advice. Their situation and structures are more detailed and complicated. How's that impacted? You've obviously spent most of your time focusing on that area. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's true, right? I mean, uh, the people say, well, business owners, they've got all the money in the world. Yeah, but they can be wealthy, but they're very illiquid. Yes. They're very, you know, their chips are on the center of the table. But I've just always been in this field and always known that you have to have a 
I think, a high degree of technical competence to talk about structure, entity structure and planning and wow. a lot of the things that you address in your capitalized platform. But, you know, taxes, legal. So it's 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 kind of a bit of a, a blend in the soup, if you will. And you've got to be able to talk a lot of different languages. But one thing that we're passionate about is, it was with a client this morning, is, look, you created 30 jobs. You really not only have an obligation to yourself, your family, but your employees, additional stakeholders in the community to do some good planning here. And we, we want to partner with you in that regard. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you mentioned the SEPA qualification, Certified Exit Planning mm-hmm. Advisor. How did mm-hmm. you get into that specific area around succession and exit? That's a little bit different to even the, the traditional advice for family business owners. Correct. So that's a great question. So uh, just by ba- way of background, uh, the Exit Planning Institute is located in Cleveland, Ohio as well, uh, which is where I, you know, that's kind of my main address, Cleveland, Akron. Yep. And uh, I've been doing exit planning for about 15 years. I've exited a business uh, earlier and said, okay, well, what do I really want to do here? And I was, you know, I'm obviously passionate about working with business owners. I just love their stories, uh, men and women risking their own capital, creating jobs, etc. And I just said, well, what can I do to get better and better and better? And as the exit planning industry was just kind of uh, at its original state and early stages, there wasn't a lot of education out there. So, but I quickly affiliated with an organization called the Business Enterprise Institute or BEI oh, yep. out of Denver. Uh, so I know all their leadership. And then uh, specifically with regard to EPI and my SEPA designation, uh, I was one of the first classes when COVID hit and they're like, okay, well, you're, you know, in the States, it was going to be, you're going to be locked down for, you know, 90 days or whatever. Yeah, uh, and immediately to EPI's credit, they came came out with an online course to get des- de- designation. I'm like, well, this is perfect because I'm terrible at self studying. I don't know how you are. Yeah, I need structure. I need to be held accountable to go into class. And so I signed up for the SEPA class, the first online SEPA class, and I thought it was phenomenal. And it's, ex- I mean, it was everything I already knew, but it was packaged great. I couldn't really say enough good things about it, and I just kind of ran with it, and then. I've also founded this, uh, the Legacy Advisors Network, which you know, yep, which has really started out as just a way of giving back to the industry. But we've got 28 offices around the country where our affiliated advisors with Legacy Advisors Network, we're kind of got some pretty sophisticated practices and individuals, men and women that have been in the industry for a while. And we're trying to give a leg up to the younger generation of advisors that want to work with business owners and saying, look, here's how you can build a terrific practice in the business market. So that's kind of how we got to where we're at today. That's a fairly substantial practice. 28 locations you said around the country. Yes. I mean, they all are independent. So just so by way of record, but we're all, we've developed uh, a process and then, you know, really kind of what pushed us over the edge. So, uh, you know, shout out to you, Craig, was when Joe, uh, my good friend, Joe Scheid, who lives in Phoenix, was attending the EPI conference. He met you. He texted me saying, you got to meet this guy. And then you and I had had dinner in Cleveland. And I'm looking at this going, this is exactly the platform that, um, because prior to using Capitalize, all of our deliverables, if you were, was a were very much a kind of a hodgepodge or a potpourri of a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and some Excel documents. And it just wasn't in a fashion that I felt like was presentable and it not nearly as detailed as, as what the insights report is. So when I saw that, it was a bit of a light bulb moment. And I thought this is exactly what 
we've been looking for for quite a while. So uh, we've been off and running on uh, with it ever since uh, probably Labor Day in September of last year. Yeah. So maybe talk me through a little bit about the process and the practice that you undertake with clients. What's a typical process when you meet a business owner who says, you know, I'm 65 and I'm thinking about retiring. What do I need to do? What sort of work do you do? How do you work them through that process? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, you know, I'm just very conversational with with clients and say, well, let me, you know, just tell you a couple stories or situations about what other business owners are doing. And, and inevitably, you know, I always like to tell the folks in my office, you've got to get a business owner's uh, to put his defenses down, right? So I always picture it like a bit of a, a boxer, right? When you're talking, you know, you're talking to a business owner, it's like, you know, they feel like that boxer that's backed up in a corner and he's got his gloves up because everyone wants money from him or they want jobs or they want more taxes or higher wages. And who can they talk to to have a safe, confidential conversation? And just say, you know, what are, what are your plans for transitioning out of your business? I said, you know, if you're like most of our clients, the vast majority of your wealth and your future retirement security is tied up in your privately held business. And, you know, just ask an open-ended question such that, you know, you know, walk me through what your ideal exit scenario would look like. If we're sitting here 10 years from now, tell me, Craig, what would have been the home run scenario for you? And just be quiet and listen. And when they lay this all out, well, you know, I've got kids or family or charity or community or employees, you know, next logical question would be, well, what steps have you taken to try to get your arms around all that? Uh, all those, you know, the various issues, challenges, et cetera. And what is the process that you're walking towards or moving towards? And, you know, that's when they're a bit like a deer in the headlights, as we like to say in the States, they kind of look at you like, whoa, what does that mean? And I don't know what, I don't know what, and then they, then they're a bit vulnerable. And I don't know quite how to approach it, but I, I kind of know what I want. And then, you know, just like this morning, I had a, I had a meeting this morning, actually just quoted a, a new in, insights engagement. Hopefully it'll move forward. But it was, well, let me show you what some of our other clients have done, right? And just try to describe that every business is, let's just assume for a moment, it's equal parts, financial and non-financial elements, right? So you've got your people, your processes, your values, your plans, your goals, your aspirations, and then you've got the numbers. And, you know, we've now got a platform where we can help to evaluate and incorporate both the financial aspects of your business and the non-financial aspects of your business. Benchmarking as close as possible to peer companies, similar industries, and just walking them through the information about their own business. Uh, and then closing with one comment, I, you know, I would say to the, the client, like I said this morning, if you're like the majority of our clients, you would prefer to get more for your business than less, correct? Yes. Great. Well, here we can shine a light in the corners and show you what your business is worth today and what the potential value is of your business and then assist you in partnering with you and helping you get there. It's a long-winded answer. I apologize. No, no, it's a good answer because what I'm hearing is a lot of third-party, non-threatening language to make people feel comfortable because it sure. is, a, you know, you talked about the boxer with the gloves up, defensive, everybody's after them, just saying, don't sure. worry about any of that. Let's just talk through what you want to do. What does it look right. like for you? And then potentially, hopefully, how can I help you get that out over time? Because there's a lot of work to do. As you said, you know, you mentioned several areas. But I think, you know, the big thing for me is there's a lot of detail in what goes on with business owners' affairs. 
you know, they've got the business, they've got their finances, the family, the wealth, the assets, the, you know, mm-hmm. some of them have got blended families. There's all sorts of issues in and around the business that mean that the exit plan is not just about how do I make the business worth $10 million and sell it? There's a lot of other things that need to fall in place as well. Sure. It's complicated. And, and, and people ask me, what do you like about it, Mark, working with business owners and particularly the exit planning space is A, what we're doing and in, in the platform that you've created, uh, it decommoditizes the relationship that I can have with a business owner. So years ago in the financial planning world, we had a significant retirement plan practice as I shared with you over dinner. Well, I mean, you know, a 401k plan or a retirement plan in the States is a dime a dozen. It's really hard for you to, to you know, determine if I'm good or you're good. We're, all, we're both, let's say we're both good, but when you're coming at it from an exit planning perspective and you're asking the right question and you have the right tools like Capitalize, we can accelerate a very intimate relationship with our clients and we get to know about them and what their objectives are and family issues, what their concerns, their fears. And we quickly start to roll up our sleeves and get to work. You mentioned something really important there. I think you talked about decommoditizing the product, but also about getting to really know and understand what the owner's objectives are. Because we're seeing a lot of people now where the owner's objective is not necessarily get me $10 million. The, only, no. the owner's objective is often look after my family members who work in the business, make sure my staff don't get screwed over, make sure the company continues to run or my clients get looked after five years after I'm gone. Starting to see a lot of different objectives, not just maximum dollars in my bank account tomorrow. There's a lot of difference. No. And you've got to understand that, otherwise you're not going to deliver. Yeah, I would say that in the 35-odd engagements, I've never had a client say, I want every last red nickel out of this business you know, so help me God. Yeah. I mean, you just assume that they want reasonable value, but, you know, reasonable and fair and equitable are words that, hey, if it's, you know, you get your children, you've got your community, your stakeholders, your employees, your key employees, et cetera, et cetera. And it's what I find is fascinating. What I love to do with business owners is always invite their wives into the room or their spouses, right? The non-business related spouse, whether it's a man or a woman, and then ask them, hey, Mrs. West, what's your objective for Greg's exit? Right? Mrs. West Where wants to you, keep well, me working as long as she possibly can. That's exactly what our <laughs> clients say. Well, I don't want them at home. My God, absolutely right? drive me crazy. But what they will tell you is, I want our kids to be treated fairly. Yes, you know, I want to give money to. I want to give money to our church. Uh, we've got key employees that have been with you know Dr. West since the very beginning, and you yeah. know, and so. Yeah. You know, I'm a huge fan and, and, and you shared, you and I shared this over dinner and, and I've got my podcast. I'll, I'll just put a shout out to Finish Big, uh, the podcast. Uh, but my good friend and the author, Bo Burlingham, you know, it rarely ever has to do with maximizing the value of one's business upon exit, right? It's about treating people fairly, feeling good about uh, the process and the outcome. It's not, it's usually never about top dollar, right? Yeah, Absolutely. And so if you don't understand that up front and get that objective very clear, you're going to miss the mark. You're not going to, sure. I think you described it as what's the home run exit. You're not going to sure, get the home run sure. if you're aiming for the wrong target. Right. Well, and I, and I had a situation here, a matter uh, a couple of years ago where uh, prior to our involvement, um, you know, middle market company in, in, uh, in, in the Ohio market that was offered $72 million cash by private equity to sell their business. And uh, they walked away at closing due diligence has been done and all that. Yeah, wow. And I said, well, what happened? Because we were at dinner and uh, 
I said, you know, we were sitting there and I just caught wind that they were going to move, you know, this key guy to Denver and this key guy to Boston. But, and he looked over at, you know, the other executives across the table. I said, I thought you said nothing was going to change and that this business was going to remain in the community that it remains today. That I, that that's one of my fundamental primary objectives. Um, yeah, yeah, well, things aren't going to change. We're just going to move a couple people around. And they said, no, that's not what we want. Right? That's not what we agreed to. That's not what you shared with me. So they walked away uh, three years later uh, with our involvement in some just basically refocusing on what their primary objectives were relative to a transition or exit. And we did an employee stock ownership feasibility study. Yep. You left with less money uh, and had to sell or finance a big chunk of it. But guess what? 300 jobs stayed in this community. Yeah. And yeah. he felt extremely positive about the outcome, right? Big difference. Huge, yeah. huge, right? Huge. So uh, he felt like he made a difference in people's lives and in, in, in the community. And he wanted to uh, maintain. Uh, that was his primary objective, right? Yeah, fantastic. Both for him and his wife. And he literally and walked this is away where, from 72 million to get what he wanted. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, it's huge. And, and this is where I kind of, you know, go back and forth with the the investment bankers as they're referred to here in the States. I mean, their job is to get top dollar, drive competition, sure. uh, get multiple offers, right? And they can't understand why someone would ever walk away. And it's be, I said, because you never really asked them what they wanted. What they right? wanted you just assumed. True. Yeah, you just assumed that they want the most money. And, and I think people want a reasonable amount of money. They want security, sure. but it doesn't have to be the most money at the expense of everything else. Yeah, great, great point. Tell us a little bit more about Legacy, the Advisors Network, what you're building there and how that sort of, it's grown very, very quickly. Yes. Why is it growing yes. quickly and what are, you, what are you building there? What is that going to look like? Well, the idea is to build a uh, community of advisors similar to what you've done uh, here in the States that focus on, you know, the private and family business owner with, you know, revenues between maybe two and a hundred million. Uh, and really from a financial planning and financial services perspective, uh, the our industry, the industry, the financial services, uh, the insurance industry, the wealth management industry has done really a horrific job in training and educating what it's like to be an advisor in that space. And so me and a couple other individuals were sitting there having a drink one day at a conference. And I said, you know, we really ought to start an organization that teaches and helps other advisors become successful because it's, you know, kind of what they tell you in the school books, but here's how it really works, right? Uh, so we quickly uh, just kind of grew. Um, and now we've got an executive director. Uh, we're really, really excited. Our goal is, and that's again, while we're, while we're very, very uh, high on with Capitalize, another platform we use is value compass. I mean, the market's huge. Mm -hmm. So there's room for different businesses and different tools for different sizes of businesses and different times within these conversations. But we're giving people some confidence that they can lean into, you know, experienced practitioners doing some joint work. But what we love about Capitalize and other platforms like Value Compass, as an example, is that it gives us a standard operating procedure, right? So this is how we go to market. This is our deliverable. So if I'm talking to a case, I'm sure you've done this and that's why you and I hit it off so well over dinner in Cleveland. If you've got a case in Adelaide versus Sydney and you're looking at the same report, you know, yeah. the dynamics are fairly similar, right? I yep. mean, 
After about 20 cases, you you go, well, I've seen this set of circumstances before, right? Absolutely. So we're trying to standardize that. Our goal is to then drive these standard deliverables into uh, some key organizations like, for example, you've got a huge, I mean, and you've got the same issue in Australia. I'm sure you've got the whole kind of aging out of the business owner, the silver tsunami, the boomers, et cetera. Well, I was playing golf in Akron, uh, Goodyear, we've got their corporate headquarters here, Goodyear Tire and Rubber. And I was playing with my buddy uh, and I said, John, what's the biggest concern that you have managing the dealer network uh, for Goodyear? He says, everyone's over 55. Yep. And that represents 25% of their tire distribution in the United States. I yeah, said, wow. what are you doing to help these dealers, right? So some, you know, you might have two dealerships, you might have 20, but that's just one company, whether it's John Deere tractors or McDonald's franchisees or what have you, they all look the same and they don't have a true exit planning firm that can go to where a guy that owns a, you know, a shop in a Goodyear dealership in Chicago or Arizona can have a similar experience as one here in Cleveland. And that's why we're excited to work with Capitalize and take our network, uh, educate them, and then really try to impart that wisdom and experience with some of our key strategic partners. Yeah, fantastic. So you're still recruiting people into the network? It's still growing? Oh, yeah. yeah. So what's it going to look like? How big are you going to get? What's your plan? Great question. Great question. So I think that uh, our goal this year is 50 offices. So we've got 28. We just hired a, uh, yeah, an executive wow. director, Catherine Varner, and she's really cleaning up some things. I mean, you, up until now, you've had, you know, six entrepreneurs running 500 miles an hour trying to put yeah. this thing together. And we yeah. said, okay, we need someone to manage this uh, while we're out running our practices. So just like any other business, trying to professionalize it, we are professionalizing it. We're you know, having a strategic plan, we're doing all the things, uh, but we're, you know, we want 50 offices and our goal for 2023 is to try to identify and solidify a couple of key relationships with what we would call dealer networks. So like a Goodyear tire dealership yep. or Firestone or Serve Pro. I mean, any pick any industry. I'm sure you've got them over yep. in Australia where you say, hey, these corporate American executives are looking at them going, I've got a complete issue my distribution channels are aging out and uh they need to get out in front of that and and try to educate them on what options exist for their dealers that have been good so good to them over the years yeah perfect you mentioned capitalize a couple of times and this is not meant to be an ad for capitalize but i am interested in just you know your thoughts on how you've used it effectively in the practice so that other people that are looking at doing a similar thing or maybe even within your own network can understand better yeah what that tool is and how you're using it. Yes. Well, I mean, I think you and I had dinner in August of last year. Uh -huh. So that was 2022. So as we record this, it's January 9th. Um, if I, what, if you'd have seen me stumble through my first insights presentation, uh, somehow they said yes. <laughs> and I was like, wow, <laughs> that was pretty rough because it's a different conversation. But in working with, you know, Sam Walters and, and, you know, hats off to him. He's been a terrific asset to our team. And we just walked through and gotten better and a lot of the uh, the capital that you have and IP that you've got out online and videos, et cetera. We've gotten better at presenting insights, having the conversation. And then what's been really key is when we go to that value uh, acceleration or value potential page at the end of the report, and uh, I was with a client this morning, just looking at Smith Engineering, the famous Smith Engineering case, right? 
you know, values like 5.31. But, uh, you know, if you clean up best in class financials and and do some uh, work on some of the, the non-financial elements of your business, and if you, you know, look, good Lord willing, find a strategic exit, it could be worth quite a bit more, seven, eight, nine million dollars, whatever the numbers are. Yep. So when we do this in front of a client and it's their data, right? Uh, they become much more keenly involved and keenly interested. And they say, first of all, uh, most business owners, I think that the data in the States is 98% of all business owners don't know what their business is worth, but yeah. the vast majority of them are expecting it to fund their entire retirement. And so I'm just, again, I was brought up in a Scottish household. So I'm just cheeky enough to say, okay, well, hang on a second. You want, it to f- you want your business to fund your retirement, but you have no idea what it's worth. And they go, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. Maybe we should find <laughs> out. Yep. So when we show them capitalize and we show them the potential and they say, wow, this is really important information or this is so valuable, what's the next step? Then we come prepared with a sample implementation roadmap and say, well, you know, we thought you might ask that question. So what we did is to prepare a project scope of how we would approach increasing the value of your business and show them the report. And they're like, holy mackerel, this is ideal. You'll hold me accountable to this. Yes. And we talk about, you know, the dynamic uh, revaluation opportunity. And we've just had incredibly positive response. And I think for me, coming out of the financial services years ago, when we're selling potential rates of return and we're selling future insurance death benefits that no one wants to talk about here, using Capitalize and the value potential page. And when we quote a fee, it's pretty easy to say, look, would you spend four or $5,000 a month to potentially increase the value of your business by 2 million and every day of the week? Yeah. You know, or raise your, or Mark, raise your fees. You need to raise your fees. (laughs) So it's just, it's just made gaining new market share and gaining new clients extreme, just a lot easier. You know, it's a, it's a really good point because I actually say to my advisors as well, of all that, there's 50 odd pages in that report, that value sure. potential page you're talking about is 60% of the value. It's about understanding from a business owner's point of view, what have I got today and what could I or should I have if I get everything together? As you said, you know, going from 5 million to 7, 8 or 9. And right. yes, it'll cost you some money and yes, you're going to have to put some time in and effort and resources, but the ROI on that calculation is quite substantial. Correct. And, you know, in talking to Sam Walters, you know, just in the past few months, it's, you know, this is all pre, pre-diligence, right? Either you yeah. can extract the value, Mr. Business Owner, or whoever you sell it to will pay you a lot less. They'll fix it and then they'll get wealth. Yeah. So absolutely. it's your choice. Great way to right. describe it. That's good. I'm going to use that. <laughs> Firstly, how do people get in touch with you? People are interested in finding out about more about your practice, Legacy Advisors Network. How do they get in touch with you? Yep. So uh, thank you for asking. I can be reached at, uh, we can go to our website at www.legacybusinessadvisors.com. We're also launching uh, in conjunction with Bo Burlingham, uh, the Finish Big podcast, where we'll be doing profiles of business owners, kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly of good exits, failed exits, what they would have done differently. Yeah, fantastic. In additionally, what tools uh, and who should they be incorporating on their team? So you'll be on our show I'll be asking you the questions in reverse. How can Capitalize help our our business owner clients? Uh, But the idea is to give people uh, really a medium and an outlet to go educate themselves without being, uh, you know, so solicited, so to speak. So 
Um, so that's one way. Certainly, yet uh, my email is mdorman. That's M as in Mark, D as in David, O R M A N at D L A David Larry Apple Team.com. Right. You know, I just want to wrap up with three quick questions. So the sure. first one is um, what's your number one tip for advisors? That's a great question. I thought about that as I was preparing for this last night. I mean, I, I've just always operated my professional life. Um, you, you've got to be nice to both sides of the equation, right? Uh, maybe this is just the way I was brought up, but there's so many advisors that you hear they're just terrible to their back office and they're terrible to their staff and they're this. And I'm, I just was, I'm not, not, I try to be very, very kind and engaging to clients and prospects and then treat our team the same way because there's going to be times where, um, you know, that they, they're going to need to, to bail us out. As far as, you know, professional development, you have to always be learning. Um, and then I think that, the, again, what the industry fails to do is, you know, the lost arts is prospecting and new business development and just how important that is. We can have all the best tools in the world, but if you don't have any fish in the boat, it doesn't really matter, right? So you have to really push yourself to get referrals, develop great relationships with other advisory firms, accountants, bankers, attorneys, et cetera. But I think this is where Capitalize has helped us is now we have what we feel is, you know, kind of the best tool in the industry where we can say, look, we've got the secret sauce. Who can we help? Yeah, fantastic. That's been, that's been wonderful, yeah. Okay. Uh, next one, what's your favorite business book and why? Uh, my favorite business book without question would be No Man's Land by Doug Tatum. Yep. If you've ever read this. Yes. So Doug and I have become friends only because I'm one of those guys that when I read the book, I emailed the author and said, hey, I just read your book and I thought that was great. And just like I pinged you and said, if you're ever around this area, I'd love yeah. to meet you for dinner. Um, but No Man's Land, you know, describes the journey of, you know, where companies are, are too small to be big and too big to be small and they kind of get stuck. And if you're in the marketplace like you and I have been over the years, you see that dynamic over and over and yeah, over absolutely. again. And I think going back to, you know, you know what are, what are the, some of the biggest tips to the business owners is, is these individuals aren't alone, right? So these books are so critical to read these stories about other business owners to recognize that, hey, everyone goes through no man's land, right? Or everyone's had tough days and things like that. So, but that by far is one of my, is my favorite book. I learned a ton about business uh, reading that book. Yeah, fantastic. And the last one, I'm going to put you under pressure here. The last one is, do you practice what you preach? What's your exit strategy? Bingo. Uh, saw that. Thought that was a great question. So uh, we've got two parts of our business. One is in the retirement plan space, as I mentioned. So we're, uh, we are actually just putting the finishing touches on a business continuity plan there. And then with regard to what we're doing on the legacy business advisors, I've got uh, four associates. And um, yeah, the goal is that uh, we've got buy-sell agreements in place and we've got continuity plans and all that stuff. So we definitely practice what we preach without question. Fantastic. Yeah. Mark, that's been a fantastic chat. It's so good to talk to someone who's so passionate about what you're doing and how you're doing it. So thank you for joining us. And uh, I look oh, forward to welcome. catching up next time I'm in the States. Great. Okay, Craig, thanks. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us for the Capitalize podcast. I hope you found it interesting and useful. There's a lot more resources available on our website, which is just www.capitalize.com. And if you're looking for it, it's Capitalize without the E at the end. Feel free to reach out to us if you need any further help. Thanks for joining us.